You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates, where you will meet the doers, the leaders, the people who are making a difference for animals in your neighborhoods, in the United States, or somewhere else in the world. You will learn how these amazing people became involved in doing what they do, why they spend time, money, and long hours each day fighting to save the lives of and or improving the living conditions of companion or domestic or wild animals. I'm Keith Sanderson, creator and host of Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates, and Max and I invite you to stay with us and meet today's guests. They are two business executives who have blended their love of flying with their love of animals. They are Brad Childs and Jonathan Plesser, who are pilots, long-term friends, and co-founders of Pittsburgh Aviation Animal Rescue Team. Brad is the Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer of ITEEK, and Jonathan is President CEO of Shadyside Inn All Suites Hotel. We'll meet Brad and Jonathan in a moment and learn more about them and Pittsburgh Aviation Animal Rescue. But first, a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates, and I'm your host, Keith Sanderson. Our guests today are Brad Childs and Jonathan Plesser, co-founders of Pittsburgh Aviation Animal Rescue. Welcome, Brad and John. Thank you for joining us today. Hello. Thanks Thanks for having us. Now, Brad, you and John were the co-founders. Brad, can you tell me a little bit about what the mission of uh, Pittsburgh Aviation Air Rescue Team is? Sure. I mean, our, our mission is, is pretty simple. We use a fleet of small airplanes to fly into uh, more rural areas, and we rescue primarily dogs, but any animal that's in a dangerous situation, and we fly them to a safe situation. Now, again, Brad, would that be animals that are in danger of being euthanized at shelters or animals that have been rescued by someone else, maybe that have been in um, puppy mills, or what do you define a dangerous situation? Dangerous could be definitely shelters that are euthanizing dogs, um, primarily maybe because they're underfunded or don't have food to feed them. Uh, So not only only do we go in and rescue them, but we'll fly in a supply of food or truck in a supply of food as well. We go into dogfighting rings, abusive situations, puppy mill situations, natural disasters. Really, any time we're called upon and it's a uh, qualified rescue, we will accept that mission. 
Wow, that's interesting. Blending your um, love of animals and uh, your love of flying into something that does so much good. John, how did you become involved in first rescuing dogs? And what's your background? Well, my background is I, I'm a real estate developer, and you know, I met uh, a young man when we were both young named Brad Childs. He, he approached me when we were uh, living in the same building, and we became friends. And every Sunday, we made a point of trying to go do something fun and adventurous. And after going through everything we could possibly find to do, we landed on flying. We kind of goaded each other into taking lessons and learning how to fly. We were both frightened, but we got in the plane and we started doing it and fell in love with it. And you know, a couple of years later, we had a partner in the airplane who was uh, you know, flying some angel flights, doing things like that and had a mission to fly a dog and called Brad and said, you know, Brad, you want to, you want to fly a dog? And, you know, Brad famously said, what, you want to put a dog in our airplane? And from there, you know, he said, okay, why not? You know, took the mission and, um, he called me up, said, John, I just said the greatest thing I've ever done. You know, it, what is it, Brad? We, we just rescued a dog with the airplane. And immediately, you know, we got hooked into it. I mean, it, it was combining two love affairs. We both love animals, love flying. It's the perfect situation for us. Wow, that sounds really interesting. Now, are there just you two involved in flying for part or more pilots? Brad, how many pilots are involved? Uh, we have a core team of about six to ten pilots at any given time. And then we also have an army of uh, volunteers that do our ground support, our flight coordination, our bookkeeping, our public relations. And, uh, you know, it, it, John and I always get to look good. And, uh, you know, for us that's difficult because, uh, you know, neither one of us particularly look that good. John less good than I, of course. But the reality is we can't do it without everybody's help. We really rely and, and we put a lot of weight and a lot of pressure on our team, and, and they come through absolutely every single time. We get the glory, but we have so many people behind us that are doing a lot of the work. I can imagine the logistics can be quite challenging sometimes. Am I right about that? You are correct about that. I mean, the, the logistics is truly the hard part. I mean, you're talking about weight and balance of an airplane, how much fuel is on board, how much weight do, do the pilots carry. And, and interestingly enough, on that note, we had a pilot recently lose about 50 pounds and he was heavily motivated as a rescue pilot to do so because that 50 pounds could save an extra you know two dogs at 25 pounds each on every flight that, that he takes and he is our workhorse pilot that flies probably the most number of missions of any of us and uh we were very inspired by that he we never asked him obviously to do that and, and it cost us another flight suit we had a had to take him down about three sizes on a flight suit, and uh, but we're happy to spend the money, and, and uh, we admire his hard work and dedication to working out and eating healthy to save more dogs. And Brad, now, that's using their own planes, or are they chartering planes, or both, or none of the above, or all of the above? No, we use our own planes. We cover our own costs, and you know we beg, borrow, and steal to make it happen and, and do whatever we have to do to go get the dogs. And Jonathan, about how many dogs or animals have you guys rescued? To date, we've rescued about 785 dogs. Wow, 785. And how many dogs typically are, are rescued in a flight? I know you have different sized planes, but, well, let's say, let me rephrase that. And uh, what's the most dogs that uh, can be rescued in one mission in, as with uh, part? 
the, the most we ever did was 30 at once. And we actually had to uh, commandeer a much larger aircraft to do that. And there were a lot of puppies involved in that rescue. But, you know, for the most part, when we go fly, this, this, is, this is a math problem. Uh, how much money can we spend on fuel versus how many dogs can we get for those dollars? So when we fly somewhere, we're looking to load the plane to the max. So the max might change based on the weight we're carrying. So, for instance, you know, the last mission we flew in, uh, in January, we rescued seven dogs. We were able to fit, you know, seven medium-sized dogs in one of our planes. And for us, that's a successful mission. If we can get one plane doing seven, that's great. Now we have the capability at any given day of the week of sending up four or five planes and, and possibly rescuing 25 to 30 dogs. Now, do you typically, are they crated? You don't let them run loose in the planes, do you? We don't. The crates are important both for the dog's safety and for our own safety. Um, and we, obviously, we take safety very seriously uh, considering you know, the risk we're taking you know, just flying these missions. And typically, what's the radius of operation, Brad? How far do you, you operate out of your main airport? Our primary focus is Pennsylvania, Ohio, West Virginia. However, we have done missions as far south as Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And we are willing to do missions based on the particular circumstances, you know, upwards of Atlanta, Tennessee, Kentucky, you know, Boston. We can stretch out pretty far. Uh, but again, to John's point earlier, we always try and stay financially prudent to our donors. And not that one dog isn't important, but we wouldn't want to spend the money to go to Fort Lauderdale to rescue one dog. It, it would just be insanely cost prohibitive. And if it was an urgent situation, we would we would just rather put them on a commercial plane and send them up there. That makes a lot of sense because I can see not only the cost, but then a pilot who might be able to be doing another mission and, and maybe rescuing six or seven dogs would be out of the loop also. But we need to take a break right now to hear from our sponsors, but we'll be right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Amazing Pet Expos is coming to a city near you. Admission is always free and your pet is welcome. Shopping, adoptions, free nail trims, discounted shots and microchipping, agility, a pet costume contest, and much more. Plus, meet the guys from Animal Planet's hit TV series Tank and Pit Boss online at AmazingPetExpos.com. Bring your pets to the Pet Expo. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, also known as the Pet Lady. I travel from coast to coast to pet trade shows and consumer events to scout out what the hottest, hippest, and most unique pet products are on the planet, bringing you tips and tricks from top veterinarians, groomers, trainers on how to safely travel and live happily with your pets. The Pet Lady will be in a city near you, showing off the latest and greatest tech pet gadgets, cozy comforts, and fab gift ideas for man's and woman's best friend. You can learn more at thepetlady.net or connect socially and tweet with me at Pet Lady World. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Robin Gansert, President and CEO of American Humane Association, the country's first national humane organization, here to tell you about our new show, Be Humane, on Pet Life Radio. Each week, we'll be bringing you the latest news and issues affecting our animal friends, and we'll also be bringing you interviews with Hollywood's biggest animal advocates, here to share tales about their pets and what they're doing to promote a more humane world. Our own highly experienced staff and friends of the organization will also join us each week to share what they're up to in the animal world. I hope you'll stop by. Until then, let's always remember to be humane. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Maxi Fuchs' Awesome Animal Advocates. I'm your host, Keith Sanderson, and our guests today are Brad Childs and Jonathan Plessard of Pittsburgh Aviation Animal Rescue. And they were talking about uh, some of the missions they've carried and uh, how they can determine if they can fly a dog rescue mission. And uh, one of the questions I think is important is, are you guys a 501c3 charity, Brad? We absolutely are a 501c3 nonprofit. That's important, of course, if if one wants to donate because I, I believe there's possible of tax deduction for donations then to you guys? Correct. And the tax donation uh, or deduction, of course, is a side benefit. I think the main thing, most of us who donate to organizations such as yours, there's because we want to help animals. Are there any other ways that somebody could help animals uh, through your group besides donations, Brad? There's always ways that, that people can help. I mean, first of all, getting the word out about our group is, is, a, is a big help as it just expands the different rescue groups that we can fly for. Maybe they know a pilot that wants to get involved with our group, and we're, we have a pretty open-door policy to, to volunteers and, and pilots and, and different groups. But we always welcome help. Uh, if somebody feels that they have a, an asset that, that we need and, and could benefit from, then, then John and I always will entertain that. Now, is there any kind of skill you're looking for now, I I should imagine? Of course. We get a lot of inquiries from pilots wanting to donate their plane and their time. But we also get a lot of people who are looking to help us in other ways, like you mentioned. I mean, one of them is we've kind of dabbled in doing some ground rescue work. I mean, that's that's kind of an easier way for people to get into this who don't want to donate money or willing to donate their time is there are, are portions of some of these trips to require a ground transportation team. And, you know, as we progress into 2015, it seems our missions are going to be getting longer and bigger, and we're going to need that component moving forward. Can you give me an example of a mission you did that integrated ground and air transportation, John? Yeah, we're in the Northeast, and for flying season, there's about a three or four month period of time between November and really the end of, you know, middle of March, I want to say that flying becomes too dangerous due to icing. Um, we'll do a mission here and there, but for the most part, that's our downtime. And Brad and I, you know, struggled this year saying we don't want to quit. Just because the weather isn't great doesn't mean the dogs aren't going to still be euthanized or don't need us. So, you know, we put together, you know, a van transport 
and sent uh, a truck down to a place that we were doing air rescue to and picked up 25 dogs and brought them to a shelter, you know, and we realized, wow, that might be another area we can kind of dabble in. And Brad and I have been looking into, you know, for perhaps purchasing a mobile dog rescue van that we could use for those kinds of situations. And we could also use for a volunteer who wants to participate in a leg of one of these journeys. They could come, you know, have a use of our van uh, to help facilitate these transports. Well, that'd be great because then, uh, as you said, the need to rescue dogs doesn't end because of the, the flying season has ended. So to be able to integrate your operations so you can be both air and land would be fantastic. Now, Brad, how does a representative for an animal shelter or someone else who has dogs to rescue, how do they make a request? Sure. Uh, John actually built a uh, great website for us, and uh, on the website we have a request for transport form that can be filled out, and it, it asks all the pertinent information. From there, we have an investigative reporter in the city of Pittsburgh who will actually investigate the particular rescue to make sure that they are a reputable rescue, 501c3, in good standing, good reviews. We make sure that we're flying dogs, not only from bad places, but we want to make sure that we're flying them into, obviously, a much better situation. And we, we do our best to do our due diligence to, to figure out who everybody is and also make sure that somebody is not trying to, you know, source a private airplane to, to move a couple of dogs. Well, that's great because I think so many times people just assume that because maybe you're dealing with some animal shelter or some request for uh, help that it may be legitimate or and sometimes that's not always true so doing due diligence is is certainly a good thing to do now brad and john brad first i ask each of my guests this question with all the human misery in the world how can you justify spending time money energy and resources advocating for animals and rescuing them so if Brad is first, Brad is actually going to defer to John. This is one of his favorite questions, and, and uh, I'm going to listen to what he has to say. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, you know, it's funny you brought this up because we do hear this question a lot, and we hear it a lot in a negative connotation. And obviously, you know, that kind of fuels the fire within us to react strongly to people saying that. There isn't any other item in the world that can bring the kind of happiness and joy that a pet can bring to a human being. Countless studies have shown, you know, pets enrich our lives and make us healthier. It would be, you know, a very bad idea for, you know, people to turn their backs on animals because it's an investment that pays off more than, you know, most other charitable investments pay off. You know, we do these missions and we might save one dog and that one dog might go to a family that uh, has an autistic child. And this dog might open up this kid's life. This is not just, hey, it's just, a, it's just a dumb animal. These animals are, you know, vital to, you know, human beings. Um, you know, for generations and thousands of years, animals have been a part of our life. And for us to turn our back, it's just a poor use of, you know, such a great resource. You know, these, you can go get a dog for free. You can go adopt a dog for free and it'll bring joy and happiness to your life like nothing else will. So we're passionate about that. And when we see, you know, dogs being abused and we see dogs being put in bad situations by humans, it upsets us. We have an obligation to protect these animals. You know, we're all, quote unquote, God's creatures. And just because it's a dog doesn't mean a dog doesn't need help and financial support as well. 
So, you know, that in essence is really where we're coming from with all of this. We want to be in a position to help, you know, the voiceless animals out there, you know, because they enrich our lives. That's a great answer. Do you have anything to add to that? That'd be tough to add to. It is tough to add to, but I will add just a touch and, and really to capitalize on John's point. A lot of our missions and, and even single dog flights that, that don't seem worthwhile, the last flight that we took in the Piper Warrior before we sold it was flown by Jonathan Plessett and Bob Calabrese. And unbeknownst to our team, we flew one little puppy about 12 weeks old. John can refresh us where it went to, but it was somewhere in the, in the middle of Pennsylvania or the eastern side of Pennsylvania. Um, yeah. The weather wasn't very favorable to that flight. And as the story goes, that puppy went to not just a family that helps autistic children, but a family that has a camp for other families that have autistic children. And they have three service dogs, and this dog was going out there to become uh, the next service dog that will fundamentally help, you know, what could be hundreds of children at this one camp. And for us, I mean, that you know, you're talking about two business guys in Pennsylvania that, thank God, run pretty nice businesses. And stories like that can bring both of us to tears instantaneously. Well, that's a great story. Uh, I had a guest from Smoky uh, Mountain Service Dogs, and... They train dogs to be companions to uh, disabled veterans, and they just placed a rescue dog after two years of training with a veteran, and the dogs made a big change to his life. And I was thinking about that story as you guys were talking, because that's exactly it. If that dog had been put down, there may not have been another dog with the capability to do what that dog is doing for the veterans. Now, it was Jonathan, I think, that did the website. What is that website? address jonathan it's www.pittsptrescue.org okay and you want to repeat that so any if sure. anyone in our audience uh, wants to learn more or be a volunteer or make a donation they can get to you guys yeah it's www.pitts that's p i t t rescue.org Okay. Okay. You know, and it's amazing how quickly time goes, Brad and John, and we've run out of time. I want to thank you so much for, for being with us today. Thank you, Keith. And yep, again, as is true of our guests, you guys are proof that animal advocates come in all shapes, sizes, and diverse backgrounds from business executives to uh, just people on the street or retired people or who have found uh, time to do more for animals. And uh, Max I. Pooch also thanks you and gives you five big tail wagging wolves for sharing with us the work you're doing to help his less fortunate animal friends. And I want to thank Mark Winter, executive producer and co-founder of Pet Life Radio and the sponsors who make this program possible. And please join us each and every episode of Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates and be sure to tell your friends about us. Remember, until we meet again, when you do a good thing for animals, you help the world be a better place. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.